Thank you for listening to Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible, a new, much funnier translation of the entire Hebrew Bible written by me, David Tuckman. I'm coming to you from my living room, slickly edited over some rune tone to make it sound like I'm whispering to you before the show. If this is your first time listening, don't worry. We're in the middle of Exodus. Things are a little boring, but you can just jump right in. There's really no narrative right now. If Catching Up First is more your thing, you can check out the first Just the Bible Bits episodes of the show, which speed through all of Genesis. Or you can listen to the massive playlist on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash omgwtfbible. Every month on the show, a guest joins me at a live event somewhere on Earth to read a portion of the Torah while I make fun of it. Then it comes out every week. You're listening to episode 29.2, the second half of Teruma, which is what Jews call the seventh portion in the book of Exodus. My reader this time around is Professor Mark Lucher, and you'll join us live from Raven Lounge in Philadelphia reading uh, building instructions about some tent God wanted. If you want to join us for a live recording, I'll be reading the eighth portion of Exodus called Tetzava in Hebrew at Beauty Bar on 14th Street on March 23rd at 7.30 with the hilarious Katie Lazarus, host of the interview show Employee of the Month, who I booked after recording this episode, which is why in the recording I have no idea who the guest is going to be. Check out our Facebook, Twitter, or www.omgwtfbible.com for more details. If you enjoy the show and have something you'd like to share, drop me a line at omgwtfbible.com. You might also want to consider signing up for the mailing list by clicking on the link in the rightmost column on omgwtfbible.com. If you like the podcast, please rate and review it in the iTunes store. It only takes a minute and really helps. Now, the recap. Previously in the Bible. The sons of Israel rose out of Egypt in battle array. Moshe summoned the elders of the nation and put the words Jehovah had commanded before them. I am Jehovah. Don't have any gods other than me. Jehovah will not forgive those who invoke his name for silly things. No. Elohim spoke every one of these words. If someone hits a guy and the guy dies, the first guy dies for sure. Anyone who fucks an animal gotta die right away. <laughs> For thousands of years, we've been under the impression the Bible is meant to be taken seriously. Finally, a new translation that'll change all that. This is Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible! We're almost there. <laughs> we just got a few more of these, these just boring things. Chapter seven, and one page is just a footnote. Chapter 72, in which God describes the drapes of his tent in minute detail. Thank you. Exodus 26, 1 to 26, 30. Make the sanctuary out of 10 cloth panels, each made of twisted linen yarn of turquoise, purple, and crimson. Work an illustration of the two cherubs into them. Each panel should be 28 amas long and four amas wide, all measuring the same. Join the panels together in groups of five. So I have taken the liberty here to uh, cut this down and ensure it makes a little bit more sense. It's very messy and confusing. And for some reason, the panels are talked about in sisters in and in groups of women. I took that out because it's very boring. And also because I didn't want to write about tying up women. Because there's no way I can compete with Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Although, you know, to be perfectly honest, this is more exciting than Fifty Shades I, of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, make loops of tefillet on the edges of the panels on opposite ends of each set. We have set. more chemistry than Jamie Dorman and uh, Dakota Johnson, I think. <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> make 50 gold hooks on the edges of the other end panels and attach them to the loops so it becomes a single sanctuary. And that's how Velcro was invented. Who says Jews never made anything? Make panels from goats as a tent on top of the sanctuary. Make 11 of them. 
The first panel should be 30 amas long and four amas wide. All 11 panels should have the same measurements. Join together a group of five panels and a group of six. Fold the sixth panel over the face. This really is like Ikea. Yeah. Fold the sixth panel <laughs> over the face of the tent. This is like every model airplane that I was not able to make. <laughs> make 50 loops on the end of the panels on the edge of each set. Make 50 copper hooks and join them to the loops to connect the tent and make it one. So spiritual, man. Whatever the extra panels... There shouldn't be extra. God did it. ...have. <laughs> drape half over the back of the sanctuary. An extra amount... She's got on some slack. Just toss it over. Either side, the length of the tent's panels, will be draped over the sides of the sanctuary on this side and on this <laughs> side to cover it. What is happening? You'll make a cover for the tent out of the ram skins dyed red and dolphin skin. Yeah, kill some dolphins. Make the, beam, <laughs> make the beams of the sanctuary out of the shatim wood. Of course. Height, 10 amas. Width, 1.5 amas. The one beam, what? make two tenons. So a tenon is a very specific woodworking term that's essentially the B-slot for a very old joint called the mortise and tenon. It is very boring, but if you're interested, go read the Wikipedia article because there's no way I'm explaining it. Okay. Uh, you also use tenons to attach the neck of an electric guitar to the body of an electric oh, guitar. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there is like a cool There's a cool tenon, too. It's just not here at no, all. No, there's nothing cool here. So make two tenons and one beam lined up with each other. Do this for all the beams of the sanctuary. Make the beams for the sanctuary. Okay. Make 20 for the south side. Make 40 silver sockets under the 20 beams, one socket for each tenon. For the second side of the sanctuary, facing north, 20 beams, 40 silver sockets, two Faster. under each here, Faster. and a partridge in a fucking pear tree. <laughs> for the western side of the sanctuary, make six beams. Oh, my God. I, I'm so glad I have tenure. I can just say whatever I want yeah. about it. This is... This is... <laughs> This is the week in synagogue where the rabbi's just like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about Purim. <laughs> Make two beams for the corner of the sanctuary. They should fit together underneath and stop at, top, uh, at the top in a single ring. There will be eight beams and 16 silver sockets, two sockets under each beam. Make staffs from shatim wood. Five for the beams, one for the side of the sanctuary, five for the second side, and five for the west side. The middle staff within the beams should stretch from end to end. Cool. Cover the beams with their rings with gold. The rings will house the staffs, which should also be covered with gold. They must have had a lot of gold. Uh, apparently, yeah. recently, uh, an Egyptian lawyer uh, wanted to sue the state of Israel for damages for all the gold that they took out of Egypt when they were released as slaves. But, but they, but I'm not kidding. This is a real thing. Wait, this but, but they gave it willingly because God made them. <laughs> Make the two beams for the sanctuary. Did I read that already? Yes, you did. Okay. Raise the sanctuary. So oh, thank you very much. Raise the sanctuary. Raise the sanctuary. In accordance with the law, I'll reveal to you on the mountain. Which I think is right now, but okay. That's chapter 72. Yeah. Oh, my God. Almost there. Just three chapters left. Chapter 73, in which God describes what the inside of his tent should look like. Chap Exodus 26, 31 to 26, 37. I think this was my brother's bar mitzvah portion. Oh, I feel so bad for him. Yeah, he's like he's not over it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Is he older or younger? He's, he's only a year and a half younger than me. Okay. And he's still harboring a lot of resentment. <laughs> I had Korach, which was awesome. Uh, I had uh, Vayetze. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's real a good. good. One. Yeah, it's good times. Yeah. 
All right. Make a curtain of turquoise, crimson, and purple thread and twisted linen. Have an artist make an image of the cherubs in it. Okay, you've got to have an artist somewhere. Put it on four pillars of shittim wood covered with gold and with golden hooks and four silver sockets. <laughs> Place the curtain under the hooks and bring the box of testimony oh into God. the house of the curtain. The curtain will separate between the holy and the holy uh, of holies. Of course. <laughs> Put the cover of the... <laughs> Put the cover on the box of testimony in the Holy of Holies. Put the table outside the curtain and the candelabra near the table on the southern side. I feel like we're almost there. This is like Yom Kippur Ni'ila. We're almost at the end. Yeah, uh, Adonai Huha Elohim. Yes. Like, we're very <laughs> close. Uh, the table will be on the northern side. Make a screen for the entrance to the tent of, the tur of turquoise, crimson, and purple thread and twisted linen. Have an embroiderer take care of it. Let's have him take care of it. Make five pillars of shittim wood for the screen and cover them with gold and make their hooks from gold. Make five silver sockets from them. That's chapter 73, chapter 74, in which God tells Moshe how to make an altar. Exodus 27, 1 to 27, 8. Make an altar of shittim wood. Length, five amas. Width, five amas. It will be an altar. <laughs> Height, five amas. I think there was an editorial mistake there, but okay. Okay. Make horns of its four corners. Not on my part, on whoever wrote this in the first place. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. the Bible does that sometimes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, scribal it just, transmission. It just screws up and doesn't care. We're God. Make uh, horns of its uh, four corners and cover it with copper. Make shovels, sprinklers, flesh hooks, a pan for its fatty ashes, and fire pans. Cover all the tools in copper. Mm -hmm. Make a netted grate from copper and put copper rings on the four ends of the grate. This is an eternal document that is endlessly relevant to our modern society, people, okay? <laughs> put it under the rim of the altar so the grate will be to the middle of the altar. Oh my God, they're gonna get this wrong and God is gonna be so furious. <laughs> yeah, they, and- uh, Under the altar, oh my God. It kind of actually works out that way too. Yeah. God gets pretty furious, like <laughs> a lot. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but he loves you. Yes. He's Make like... staff... <laughs> uh, that's not mine. That's George Carlin. <laughs> Make staffs uh, from the altar out of shittim wood and cover them in copper. Slide the staffs through the rings on both sides of the altar for when it is carried. Make it of hollow panels like I'll show you on the mountain. Oh God, a lot is riding on this mountain thing. I hope it's happened soon. That's how you should make it. Oh, God. We have one more chapter in this godforsaken section. <laughs> Godforsaken. Chapter 75, in which God describes the courtyard of his very complicated tent. Exodus 27.9 to 27.19. Make the sanctuary courtyard. On the south side, make panels of twisted linen 100 amas long and 20 pillars with 20 copper sockets. The bands and the hooks of the pillars must be silver. On the north side, also make panels 100 amas long and 20 pillars with 20 copper sockets and also silver bands and hooks. <laughs> On the sea-facing side, the courtyard will be panels 50 amas wide and 10 pillars with 10 sockets. On the east side, the front, the courtyard is 50 amas. Make 15 amas of panels with three pillars and three sockets. The courtyard gate is Almost 20 there. amas with turquoise, crimson, and purple yarn and twisted linen embroidery. It requires four pillars with four sockets. Okay. All the pillars Home of the courtyard will be encircled with silver bands and have silver hooks and copper sockets. The courtyard will be 100 amas long, 50 amas wide, and five amas tall. What is its area? Quick. That's okay. <laughs> twisted linen. I, <laughs> thank you. 12,000 amas. I just realized that Twisted Linen would be a great name for a Twisted Sister cover band yeah. that only plays between Memorial Day and Labor Day. <laughs> Saving that the whole time. There was a band in Boston called Red Heifer. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, they, they were the Hillel band. It's, uh, 
Its sockets are copper, all the tools of the sanctuary, all its service, its pegs, and the pegs of the courtyard will be copper. That's it! Let's hear it from Mark, our Was that a shofar? What was that? It sounded like a conch shell. Oh my god, that was amazing. Thank you for the, like, the send-off. I feel like I wanted you to sing when you ended that. That was like the reason that they sing at the end of a Parsha, at the end of an Aaliyah in Shul, because... Uh, I'll, do, I'll do it again if you want. No, the... no, 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 it's okay. Let's not go back. <laughs> we're, we're through. We're through. <laughs> I need a drink. Thank you for this. I need a drink after that, because, oh my god, what the fuck. <laughs> That's Parsha Truma. Mm -hmm. It is terrible. It's a doozy. <laughs> Thank you for reading that. Now is the time in our program where we have a Devar Torah. Uh, Devar Torah literally translates as uh, Torah word, or uh, word Torah. Turn it around because Hebrew syntax is messed up. Torah word. So I want to know, Mark, do you think that you could distill everything we just read, and I think I might know what the answer might be, into a single word? No. <laughs> uh, not, not, a, not a single word, but maybe a single sentence. Okay, what's the sentence? Um, religion is complicated, pay <laughs> close attention, and don't mess up. <laughs> okay. This stuff so, was really important to ancient Yes, Israelites. it really, that, that's the thing, like, this is incredibly boring now, but it was incredibly important to the people this was written for. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, expound on that. Well, like, sanctu sanctuaries brought power. Okay. When you built a sanctuary, you were literally building this, not just the center of the community, but the portal to the heavens. Mm. There was this, I mean, at, earlier in this, in this um, portion of, of text that we were reading, he was talking about the curtains dividing different spaces yes. in the sanctuary. Those curtains represent the division between heaven and earth, like a sort of mythic inner space right. that kept you literally between God and humanity. So, I mean, this was not just a regular space, and these people really believed that they were creating um, a, a, some kind of doorway, a stairway to heaven, quite literally. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's hard to get it from the text because it's so interminable and, like, explainy, but what's happening here is, is they're kind of setting aside the sacred space, and as you pass through it, it becomes more and more sacred. There are these curtains at the entrance, and you walk through those, and then you reach the curtain of the holy, and you walk into the holy, and it becomes more sacred. And then you get to the curtain of the holy of holies, and it's only entered, as we'll probably read later, on Yom Kippur, on the holiest day of the year. And that's where the the ark is, right? That's With right. With the two cherubs facing each other. So when God gives that really bizarre, surreal thing where he's like, I'm going to be between the faces, and I'll talk to you from there, it's in kind of the core of this area, the very center of it. Well, and that's it, where he speaks to them. From, what it also means lives. is that as they leave Mount Sinai, mm -hmm. they're sort of in a way like metaphorically, not even metaphorically, but mythically taking Sinai with them. Right. So Sinai is encapsulated in this sanctuary. Right, because they have the covenant that, or they have the, the testimony, the laws that were given at Sinai written on rock that they carry with them. Literally a piece of Sinai that they take with them. That's right. Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting way to think about this that is much more interesting than like the, the 20 minutes that we just read that Yeah, for. it took us like a minute and a half. Yeah, exactly. See? Conci conciseness. My Torah word, my Devar Torah, is blueprints. Because I feel like this would have been a lot simpler if like they drew back then and God could just draw this out instead of describing it because it's so fucking confusing. Like, I... I, I it takes me a minute after reading this to like step back and be like, all right, what was just described? Because it's so bonkers and weird. Yeah. And like not straightforward in its explanation. But that's what 
people liked back then. I mean, I guess nobody so. was reading anything, really. I mean, literacy was very limited. The people who were reading wanted their text to be impenetrable because then <laughs> they could hold, they could say, well, you could never understand this. You're not privy to the secret knowledge that I have. Right, and they like kind of, I mean, was this ever oral? Like, did they memorize it and you'd have to kind of know this organization of the instructions? Yeah, probably. Okay, yeah. so if you were a master of it, you knew all these weird instructions in order, which... It's interesting. People still do that today with sacred text. They memorize yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, and and they read it on the subway and mark it up. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any other final thoughts on this? There's not much narrative here. There's not much to go off. But do you have any final thoughts on this or maybe uh, like your experience reading this today or reading this translation of the text? Yeah, um, there's a scene in Monty Python and the Holy Grail <laughs> where they take out the holy hand grenade Maybe some of you are familiar with this scene. Yes. And they, they read, they consult the Book of Armaments. And he says, first thou shalt take out the holy pin. Then shalt thou count to three. No more, no less. Three shall be the number of the counting, and the number of the counting shall be three. Four is right out, or, or two is right out, excepting that then thou proceedeth to three. I mean, it just goes on and on. Speaking and, of memorizing holy text. Well... <laughs> I've seen that movie a, like a bazillion times, so <laughs> don't get me started on Star Wars or we'll be here all okay, night. Okay, no. Last, last, uh, our, our guest on Monday was an actual Jedi, so I'd we're just, not even going to have done it. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah, so the reason that I bring that up is because if you listen to it, that's very similar to the language that we have here. Yes. And yet what happens at the end of the scene? King Arthur pulls out the holy pin and says, one, two, five. So he doesn't count to three. So even though somebody has read this to him in such exacting detail, count to three, please count to three, make sure you stop at three, don't go to four or five, go to three, he still screws up. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much the story of biblical texts um, you know, from their inception. People read and people misunderstood. And the very question is, is what we're reading right now a misunderstanding of what was originally written? Quite possibly. I mean, probably because we're human and we screw up. And the thing is, there's no way to follow these things exactly because of mistranslations, of confusion, and also, or of confusion, and also because we're people and we can't possibly be perfect. And God's gonna be pissed when we make that grill in the wrong place. <laughs> so we better get used to it. My, I guess my last thought on this before we close, and we're gonna have a conversation. So if anybody here has anybody any thought that they want to share on this, or any possible explanation for why this is still included and studied to this day beyond like that's just what we were given or some other insight that you might want to glean from this, uh, stick around and talk to us. Or if you just have any question that you want to ask us and then we'll answer it, please do. And now I've forgotten what I was going to say. So that's great. Okay. Um, do you have any plugs or anything that you want uh, our audience to check you out? Or to check out? Uh, just our listening audience. Stripper poll's right there. So. What? <laughs> the stripper um, poll? So how often? So how often do you strip at Raven Lounge? I don't. Uh, this I regularly. Okay. I guess. Um, but I'm not going to do that tonight. Okay. I don't have my you know leotard <laughs> stuff. Your equipment. I don't. Your I don't talk. know what strippers wear. I have. I'm, I went to a strip club once, and it was a really disquieting experience. And <laughs> I just. I just wanted to go see Eric Clapton play I, a concert, and it somehow it went from Clapton to Hooters to For Your Eyes Only Gentlemen's Club. <laughs> it was a bachelor party that went horribly wrong. And or the, horribly right, I guess. The less said, the better. I mean, if you're the people organizing it. Yeah. So do you have anything that you want people to check out on the internet that you might be doing in the future? Um, Other than like going to Temple University and taking a class. Oh, you, okay. Well, um, yeah, actually. Uh, there, is a, there is a Facebook page uh, called Jewish Studies at Temple. Um, if something interesting like this event is happening, I usually post something about it. Um, 
love to hear from you guys. Stay in touch, reach out, say hi. And uh, this is how we form communities in this day. So I think we should do that. Awesome. Let's hear it from Mark again. We're going to thank him one more time. As always, you can check out the podcast on Facebook. There's a Facebook page, facebook.com slash omgbible. Uh, the Twitter, omgwtfbible. There's a Tumblr. There's an Instagram now. I haven't been mentioning it in the show, but um, there's probably a picture of you guys on it. Uh, the website is omgwtfbible.com. Please listen on Stitcher, iTunes, any podcast app, really. SoundCloud. Share it with all of your friends and all of your rabbis and priests and loved ones. Please, if you like the show, rate and review it on iTunes. It really helps. If you don't like it, um, go away or write me a crazy email. My email address is omgwtfbible at gmail.com. I want to thank so many people who have come together and made this awesome event happen. Uh, Shana Wiener, yeah. Rachel Waxman, <laughs> Alicia Browdy, uh, Raven Lounge, everybody here, Jonathan at Raven Lounge, uh, Slil Stl Ah, I had a drink. Sleel Stolsaft. Um, you Ari had a drink. I had a drink. No, I had a beer before. Okay. Ariana Katz, who's not here and couldn't be here, but actually like, like gave us the impotence to even come to Philadelphia in the first place. Wendy Chin, who's awesome and makes awesome graphics or graphic design. John Pissarro, already an engineer, and his girlfriend Sarah for coming down. Mark Lucher. And then I wrote Raven Lounge here a second time, so give it up for Raven Lounge again. Woo! And every single one of you guys for coming out here tonight. Thank you so much. You were awesome. You've been an awesome crowd. You laughed at things. Thank you and everybody for listening. We're going to be at Beauty Bar on March 23rd with the guest to be announced. And make sure to listen every week because next time in the Bible, Fashion Week? That's right. Yeah.